Hey listeners, do you enjoy the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast? How about nominating this for the best local podcast in Dayton, Ohio? Visit Dayton.com slash Best of Dayton, click on the nominate button, choose the entertainment category, scroll down to Best Local Podcast, then type The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and finish with a click on the nominate. It's free and just requires your email address. Every nomination helps. The nomination process runs from November 11th until December 15th, 2019. If there's enough nominations, this podcast will run on another poll starting in January 2020. Let people know that you enjoyed the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, made proudly in Dayton, Ohio, proudly covering local Cincinnati and Dayton sports. The Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Episode 126 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. And this week, we'll find out who's playing for a state title in football. And we'll also have our first college basketball roundup. If there's a college in Cincinnati or Dayton, Ohio, they play basketball, you can count. They'll be talked about on this podcast. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. A local podcast talking local sports. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to sports happening in the Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio region. Visit the LeeWMowen.com slash podcast to listen on your favorite platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. Follow the host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mowen and the podcast at Sunday Pod. Opening theme is Arpy by Dan Hennig from the YouTube Music Library Collection. Now for your host, Lee W. Mowen. news tidbits to start off the episode first for yours truly i'm writing weekly for the ohio hockey digest you can visit them ohiohockeydigest.com or on twitter at hockey underscore ohio and i will be covering the southwest ohio high school hockey league and the three non-columbus teams in the capital hockey conference in springboro moeller and saint xavier so i covered Actually, this is my second article sent in. This one's talking about the Thanksgiving tournaments from this past weekend. And yours truly had the call of the 2019 George DiPaolo tournament hosted by the Talawanda Brave at Miami University. Got to call one game in the big rink where Centerville failed to alter 5-2. to two. Love to be part of that big rink for Red Hawks hockey one day, but we'll see. So I wrote about that, the Frozen Creek Tournament. Hello, Cassie. My kitty is also a special guest on this episode. Didn't you get the memo? Silly kitty. I also wrote about Frozen Creek Tournament and the Chiller Thanksgiving Tournament. If you could guess which is the oldest hockey tournament and you guess the Chiller, you're wrong. It's Frozen Creek. They started in 1997, although the Chiller was only two years behind that. And, of course, named for the ECHL team that... 
helped bring in the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Columbus Chill. You might remember them from their kind of like striped jerseys type of thing. So I covered that, and you can go visit it at ohiohockeydigest.com. Just released this morning, I shared it. It's really cool being part of something that covers all hockey in Ohio. It's a wonderful sport, and I hope you enjoy my writing. I titled it as the Southwest Ohio Hockey Check, because, you know, checks in hockey, that's a thing. Also, Cassie just checked me right in the face. That hurt. Silly kitty. The second piece of news I'd like to share is about the podcast. No, it's not quitting. No, I'm not talking Ohio State anytime soon. But it's now part of the Podcast Ohio community. You can visit their website, podcastoh.com, and you can see the wonderful podcasts involved with the community. There's at least four other sports podcasts on here. At least two of them talk Ohio State's. Pardon the punctuation, I followed them for a while now. They're a good Cincinnati sports podcast. I think W4 and Goal is, was that a Cleveland sports one? Let's click on it and find out together. Again, podcastoh.com, then click on shows. It is from the Richland Source, West Forth and Goal, formerly known as the Pigskin Podcast. And I think that's up north. So, you can go on there, you can click my podcast from there and you can listen to it as well it's got the old name of the podcast the gem of the queen's crown which i haven't used how long has it been now at least a couple months you can listen to it from there and follow along it's nice to be part of the podcast ohio community to wrap things up and also the nominations for best of dayton for the best local podcast, it's still going on 10 days, meaning I'll probably have another podcast episode with the opening to say, hey, please go to Dayton.com, vote for, nominate my podcast, and then if there's enough votes, go vote on it starting January. I could do a podcast right now just about Cassie being crazy. She has one of those little catnip toys, and she she's a riot. She's tackled me twice now, so, but I've held on to the mic, so that's the important thing. What is the actual important thing? Not listening to my adventures with cat sitting. High school football. Saturday is the last day of it in the state of Ohio. Can you believe we've reached this point? I can't. It always starts very quickly, then you're through ten weeks, then the teams have made the playoffs. Just cut down in half each week, and now we have teams playing for the title starting tomorrow. I was originally just going to go Division 1 through 7 like I normally do, but I'm actually going to start with the first game played tomorrow. It's Division 2 for state title. It will be the LaSalle Lancers representing Cincinnati taking on Massillon, Washington. All these games are at the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, and this one's a Thursday at 7 p.m. game. LaSalle took down Toledo Central Catholic 35-21, and Massillon Washington took down Avon 35-10 to set up the state title game. Again, LaSalle versus Massillon Washington should be a very exciting tilt. In fact, all seven of these should be exciting. We'll go to Friday morning 
and jump down to Division 6. It will be Anna and the Rockets representing the northern quadrant of the Miami Valley. And they'll take on New Middletown Springfield. It's weird because there's Springfield in here. There's like three Springfields in Ohio. This one is the smallest, I believe, of the three. Again, New Middletown Springfield again versus Anna Friday at 10 a.m. New Middletown Springfield bulldozed over East Knox 42-14. And Anna blasted off against Mechanicsburg and the Indians 36-6 to set up that affair. The middle game on Friday, the Trotwood Madison Rams, representing the Dayton area. They edged out Bishop Hartley 24-19. I believe the Hartley Falcons got most of the points in the fourth quarter, and the Rams held on strong throughout that game. Trotwood has Mansfield, as Mansfield knocked off Aurora 27-21 into overtimes. Big win for Mansfield. And Trotwood will battle them Friday at 3. The Friday evening game is Division 1. That's your biggest schools in the state of Ohio. And it will be the Elder Panthers out of Cincinnati against Columbus's Pickerington Central Tigers. Elder and Pick Central will be Friday at 8. Elder knocked off Springfield 31-24. Very close game. Elder got the score late and Springfield could not answer. Great season for Coach Douglas, and I think the Wildcats will be back next year. And the Panthers, they'll wait on Pickerington Central, who beat Mentor by 7, 28-21, Friday night. They'll leave us three more title games with the smallest schools in Ohio. That's Division 7. Marion Local and the Flyers. You can make the argument they're in Northwest Ohio, but I stick my tongue out on you because they're Northern Miami Valley again. And like I mentioned, that's the area I use to determine who is from where. Marion Local will have Lucas and the Cubs playing their first state title game. Lucas Cubs there, what was it, Mansfield area, I think? Northeast Ohio, that quadrant. Lucas scratched by Harvest Prep of Columbus, 15-12, to whereas Marion Local had an easier time with Patrick Henry Flyers winning that 40-6. to That's Saturday at 10. Saturday at 3. You think Wyoming was the biggest shot to defend their Division 4 title? They were upset by Clyde. The Clyde Flyers, spelled F-L-I-E-R-S. They defeated Wyoming 35-14. to Great showing by Clyde. If you remember my episodes covering the last few weeks of regular season play, they played a lot of Dayton City League teams. Thurgood Marshall. Did they play Pontus or did they play Belmont? They played at least two. But they're from the Green Springs area, which is around the Fremont area. I looked it up myself because I wasn't sure, you know, where's Clyde? And if you ask someone, that's like, Clyde who? So there you go. It's not just one person taking down the Wyoming Cowboys. A little bit sad to see Wyoming's trip end shy of the state title game, but Clyde played well. So hats off to Clyde. They'll take on Licking Valley from the Newark area as Licking Valley defeated Poland Seminary 25-24. Licking Valley and Clyde will play for the D4 title Saturday at 3. And to close out high school football, it's Division 5. Your one local team was West Jefferson, and they fell short of the Ironton Tigers 49-21.
Kirkland on the other side took care of Oak Harbor by two scores, 28-14. And that's your Saturday night game, Kirkland versus Ironton. I think Kirkland won the state title last year. Was that two years ago? I don't remember. Time flies. But then again, there's your state title games. We'll go Division 1 through 7, Elder Pickerington Central for D1 Friday at 8. Thursday at 7, LaSalle and Massillon, Washington for D2. D3 is Trotwood versus Mansfield Friday at 3. Saturday at 3 is Licking Valley and Clyde for Division 4. Division 5, Kirkland versus Ironton Saturday at 8. Division 6 is New Middletown Springfield versus Anna Friday at 10. And Saturday at 10 is Marion Local against Lucas. And no, it's not just one guy named Lucas taking on the Marion Local Flyers. Ha 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 ha. I did that joke with Clyde. And we're going to step aside, take a quick breather, and remind you that T Public's having a great sale. This is Cyber Week. It's 35% off. And after the weekends, it's 30% off store wide. So if you like some podcast gear, that's the place to get it. Actually, the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast has the link where you can buy the gear. Makes a great gift. Better than the Clapper or Chia Pets. Actually, do they still make those things? Those were always in Christmas ads when I was a little kid. I'll try to find that out before 126 ends. But this is the break. And up next, college basketball. Every college in the Cincinnati-Dayton quadrant will be talked about. You have a lot to listen to as we'll take a break for episode 126 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Hey listeners, did you know that you can buy gear supporting the local Sunday Sports Podcast? Visit the LeeWMallon.com slash podcast, then click on Buy Podcast Merchandise made by T Public. You can get shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, and even stickers. Check out the local Sunday sports gear by T Public. It's now time for the longest segment of this episode, the College Basketball Roundup. When I say I cover all the colleges in the Cincinnati-Dayton area, every college is counted for. We're talking Division One, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, and we got junior colleges, which are your community colleges, and also branch campuses as well. There's a couple of those around here. And we'll start off with NCAA Division One, and just already these six schools, lots of excitement between Cincinnati and Dayton. And I can't wait to tell you a little bit about it. We'll start off with Wright State and the Raiders. They're coming off a very nice win against Western Kentucky. I watched it in pieces. I actually bounced around three games on ESPN Plus last night. Watched Wright State battle closely to Western Kentucky. A very solid program the Hilltoppers have. But Wright State came out on top 76-74, and that's without the services of Loudon Love, who is projected to be the best player in the Horizon League. He's been on the bench for a couple games now. Might not come back for couple weeks or so, which that scares me, but it's other Raiders' time to ring the bell and answer back. Raiders are now 7-2 and two overall. One of the losses was to LaSalle. That was a close battle. The other loss was that Kent State game 
at home where the Golden Flashes whittled down a 10-point lead to win it off a three-pointer with, what was it, two seconds left, something like that. So yeah, Wright State men working quite well this year. 7-2, and two, already a nice win against Western Kentucky. The Women Raiders, 3-2, and two, which five games shortly in, and I think women's start a week earlier. I don't know, just five games in. Seems like a sparse schedule, but the Raiders, one game over 500. They split the Florida Atlantic University Thanksgiving tournament. They fell to Kansas after leading at the half, but they came back and beat Loyola, Maryland. And now taking on Texas Arlington on the road tonight, the Raiders are. Now for the Dayton Flyers, the Flyers almost took down Kansas. Very, very nice. The lone loss for UD. They come back home and take care of Houston Baptist in the second half, 99-68. Watch part of that game as well. The Flyers are ranked number 19 in the country. I mean, just show it off in that tournament. Georgia and Virginia Tech, those are big wins. And almost having Kansas to sweep that tournament in Maui. But then Kansas came back, forced OT. Actually... Is it Crutcher or Landers forcing OT for Dayton? But Kansas won an OT, and the Flyers suffered their first loss. A nice, impressive win against Houston Baptist at home. The women Flyers are 4-5, and five, and they'll take on Moorhead State tomorrow morning. You can see my tweets at the Lee W. Mowen since I do officials replay for those games. Now on to Miami University and the Red Hawks. The men are 4-4. Four and four. Two of those four losses coming to Wright State. One was scheduled, one was in a tournament. But they fell to fellow Horizon League foe Northern Kentucky, 76-54. The women Red Hawks are also 4-4. Four and four. Not right today where you have two basketball squads with the same record, but I think we have that at least twice. The Red Hawks fell on both games in the Miami-Florida Thanksgiving tournament. They also fell, fell to Miami-Florida by a considerable margin. They're at UC on Sunday. And speaking of UC, the Bearcats, the men under first-year head coach John Brennan, they're 6-2. and two. They came off an 82-73 win against Vermont last night and now prepare for the Crosstown shootout happening at Xavier this Saturday. Can't wait to listen to that on the way to hockey. I, I love Crosstown shootout time. I wish it happened in Dayton, but that's all I'm going to say on that. But great rivalry and I love how Cincinnati just turns out for that it's it's absolutely awesome the other night coming home from Oxford I guess it was Saturday night who was that UNLV the Bearcats were having a tough time with the running Rebels and then come back and they win it by a considerable margin in that game the women Bearcats are 3-4 and four. they fell twice in the Puerto Rico Classical and they'll visit VCU tomorrow, Thursday. Now time for the Xavier Musketeers. Mentioned the men are hosting Cincinnati. The Musketeers are hosting Cincinnati this Saturday. However, Xavier's got one game before that. They'll have Green Bay tomorrow coming into the Centos Center. The Musketeers, I believe they're ranked number 21. Start off the year ranked 19th. And they came... Back home to win over Lipscomb Saturday afternoon, 87-62. The women Musketeers are 1-5. They dropped five in a row. 
having lost at Robert Moore, 71-57. Colorado comes into the Cintas Center on Friday. And lastly, for the D1 schools, Norfolk, Kentucky. The Norths are 6-3. They beat Miami, 76-54. And the women are 4-4 after sweeping the FIU, that's Florida International University Tourney. And now Louisville will come in on Sunday. And if I remember right, Louisville is in the top five. Don't know exactly what the Cardinals are ranked, but being able to get a ranked team into your home arena, that's pretty cool. I think Norfolk, Kentucky does a nice job on that as well. And that's your six Division One schools from Cincinnati and Dayton. We now move on to Division Two. There's only three schools in Division Two NCAA, which surprised me. I thought there was, like, a couple more. But, no. And they're all right around the State Route 72, U.S. Route 68, U.S. Route 42 quadrant in Greene County. Is Cedarville in Greene? Yeah, Cedarville's in Greene County. The more you know. We'll start off with the Central State Marauders. The... CSU men are 4-2, and two, winning three in a row after picking up their first Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference win at Savannah State, 85-68. And they're still on the road, the Marauders are. They're at Fort Valley State tonight. What I like about Division Two and onwards is that most of the schools will play a doubleheader, women's and men's, at the same day, well, not the same time. Can you imagine four teams just running at each other trying to score? Couldn't imagine what the scoreboard off and the people in press row can do about that. But they play it the same day. They play, normally the women go first, then the men. And that's what the women Marauders have. They're 2-6 and six on the air. They've lost four straight after falling at Savannah State 69-65. And both Marauder basketball teams will be at Fort Valley State tonight, women first. Onwards to Cedarville and the Yellow Jackets. The men's basketball team is two and four. The Jackets have dropped three in a row. They battled closely, but could not come up with the win at Northwood in Michigan. 75-71. Lake Erie will come in tomorrow. And the women are six and one, winning six straight. After shredding Northwood at home, 84-62. The Yellow Jackets will also host Lake Erie tomorrow. Now up to 68 to Urbana and the Blue Knights. The men's team are 1-5. They've lost three in a row after falling at Wheeling. And I had to double check. This is Wheeling University, formerly Wheeling Jesuit University. When I was in college, Wheeling Jesuit was one of the stronger D2 schools around. But now they're just Wheeling University. Their official affiliation with... Uh, I forget what the organization is, but it's ended. So it's now just Wheeling University. The Blue Knights fell 59-51 at Wheeling, and Urbana will host Concord tonight, as will the women, but they're 5-2 and two, and winners of two in a row, as Urbana dropped Wheeling 72-66. And that's it for Division 2. We move on to Division 3, a couple more schools to talk about. First up with the Wilmington Quakers from Central Clinton County. The men's basketball Quakers are 1-5. They dropped four in a row after falling t- to Texas-Dallas on a neutral court, 83-55. Heidelberg will come in for OAC, that's Ohio Athletic Conference play, 
on Saturday. Whereas the women will be traveling to Heidelberg on Saturday. They're three and two and winners of two straight after winning the Quaker Bowl rivalry versus Orlam, 82-68. First for Wittenberg. I should have planned it when we talk about Quakers first, but I didn't think of that. Maybe next time. The Wittenberg Tigers. Their men's basketball team is ranked number four in Division Three, and they're 3-0 and to start off the year after beating Oberlin on the road, 66-56. DePaul will welcome in the Tigers of Wittenberg tonight. The women will host DePaul in Springfield tonight, but the women Tigers are 3-3 three and three after falling at Denison 70-65. Back down to Cincinnati for Mount St. Joseph. And the Lions men's team are 2-5 and five after picking up a 64-57 road win at Washington Jeff. That's Washington and Jefferson. I haven't typed out fully because I don't like saying Wash and Jeff. This is a great silence, isn't it? Bluffton will welcome in MSJ tonight. Whereas the women will welcome in the Bluffton Beavers. After the women start off 0-4, they fell at Wittenberg 67-30. Earlham, the men's basketball team, is 3-2. They knocked off Wilmington at Wilmington College 79-76 for the Quaker rivalry there. Quaker Bowl rivalry, excuse me. And Orlum's men will travel to Transylvania tonight. The women will not. They'll be at Mount St. Joseph on Saturday, as Orlum's 1-4 on the year after falling at Wilmington 82-68. Now we move on to junior colleges, which are your two-year community colleges. We'll start off with downtown Dayton's very own St. Clair Tartan Pride. Both teams are 5-2 and two on the year. I told you it happened at least one more time. The men dropped a non-conference game against Columbus State 105-78. It's much like when I broadcast hockey. If you play your conference foes more than twice if you're in the same division, once if you're not, if you play more than that, that's fine, but it doesn't count in your conference record. That's why it's a non-conference game because Columbus State. Sinclair fell, and they'll be at Transylvania's JV squad tonight. The women will be at Cuyahoga Community College on Saturday. They fell to Columbus State at home, 73-53. To Springfield we go again for Clark State and the Eagles. The men are 5-3. and three. They fell at home to UC Claremont, 97-90. And they're hosting their community college foes from Piqua in the Edison Chargers. Not to be confused with Mark Schlemmer calls them the light bulbs. Yeah. Women are 3-5 and five after defeating Cedarville's JV squad, 65-54. Could not find a result for the men on social media. So it's possible they're 5-4 and four or 6-3. and three. But I write up what I can find, I promise. And again, women's Eagles team, 3-5. and five. They're also hosting Edison State tonight. Now, speaking of the Chargers, the men are 4-4 four and four after defeating Cedarville JV at home. I believe that was Monday, 78-43. And the women are 6-1. and one. They defeated Cedarville's JV squad, 71-35. Again, Edison is at Clark State. Good community college basketball there. I go recommend visiting. It's right off 72, off 70. It's not too far. Go out and see you some local basketball. 
And now we move on to the NAIA, which is considered an alternative to NCAA. And we'll start off with the Wilberforce Bulldogs. They're the neighbors of Central State University. In fact, Central State kind of butted off of Wilberforce once upon a time back in the 50s. The Bulldogs men are 4-8. and eight. They last recorded a 98-90 win at home against Oakland City. And on their schedule, they're not playing until December 30th at Miami University. That will count for the Red Hawks, but I don't believe it counts for Wilberforce in their win-loss record. That's how the non-Division One schools normally do it. It's an exhibition to play at Division One schools. The women Bulldogs are 7-4. and four. They picked up a 68-51 win at home against Brescia. Or is that Brescia? Someone tell me how to say that. B-R-E-S-C-I-A. And Wilberforce's women will be back at home against Cedarville on the 19th. Such big gaps of play for both the Bulldogs squads and Wilberforce. I'm not entirely sure why. Also, I should mention at this point, this is where some of the schedules start to be incomplete. And I had to look up for UC Claremont, uh, the league website. So, if I'm wrong on it, please let me know so I can get it right. I don't like being wrong. It's not a good feeling. Next up, Thomas Moore. Their first year back in the NAIA in the Mid-South Conference. And both the men's and women's had a good start to non-conference play. But both Saints squads are 0-1 in the Mid-South after falling to the College of the Cumberlands in Kentucky. The men fell 72-61 at Cumberlands. The women fell 60-47. For the men, they're at home Saturday against Ohio University Lancaster. And the women will be at the Sciences and Arts of Oklahoma on Friday. Sciences of Arts of Oklahoma. Oh, you mean the art of planting an Oklahoma U flag at Ohio State? That's art. Indiana University East in Richmond. Red Wolves, always a strong foe in the NAIA, the River States Conference. Four and six start to men's basketball. They picked up an upset win against Washington Adventist. On a neutral court, Washington Adventist is receiving votes. I thought they were ranked like 14th when I looked at the schedule. But 82-74 Red Wolves win. And IU East is back home in Richmond against West Virginia Tech Saturday. Same with the women, although they had a 1-9 start to the season. And they've lost eight in a row after falling at Reinhardt in Georgia, 80-64. And now we talk about the... United States Collegiate Athletic Association, which is kind of like, I want to say it's a substitution for junior college, because most of these are branch campuses, but you can also get four-year degrees there. We'll start off with Wright State Lake Campus in Salina, the Lakers. And recently, in the past few years, they've adopted the Monster in the Lake logo, the Lake Monster logo. I don't know why I said Monster in the Lake, but there you go. You know, Grand Lake St. Mary's, it's up there. And actually, that campus is really beautiful. It's right on the coastline up there. The Laker men are 2-10. and ten. They've dropped six in a row after forfeiting a game at Pikeville. Also, in the Wright State Lake campus schedule, they were supposed to play at Miami Hamilton and at home against Ohio State Mansfield. I couldn't find results on that. 
The next game schedule for the men's basketball Lakers will be at home, which I believe is still the YMCA in Mercer County, against Kent State Tuscarawas on Thursday. The women Lakers are 0-8. They fell to Wayne State 88-47 November 21st, and they're scheduled to play at UC Claremont on Saturday. It takes a straight from Salina to Bactavia. For Cincinnati, Claremont, the only UC branch campus with athletics. At least I don't think UC Blue Ash has athletics, but I could be wrong on that. The Cougars, they're called UC Claremont Cougars. They're 8-1, and according to USCAA Men's Basketball D2 standings. Their website has the schedule, but no results. This is the one I had to go find on the league website. UC Claremont picked up a 96-88 win last time against Kent State Tuscarawas, and now scheduled to host Wright State Lake Saturday. The men are. The women are, too, but they are 7-3 after picking up a road win at Clark State 69-51. Up next, Southern State in Hillsboro, which I don't think technically is the Miami Valley, but they have a branch campus in Wilmington, and I thought Hillsboro was in the Miami Valley, but it's close enough, so there we go. The Patriots of Southern State, the men are 0-7. They last played at Owens Community College, actually at home against Owens Community College of Toledo, and fell 109-89. Boyce College will welcome in Southern State on Friday. And for the women, there's no schedule listed. I couldn't find anything. I looked on the news to see, on the news, I mean, Southern State's athletic website. I looked in the news category to see, is there a women's basketball team? There's nothing saying there isn't. So I'm not sure what to make of that. So there we go. And lastly, Ohio Regional Campus Conference. It's the main body that has branch campuses that play athletics. Wright State Lake was in this when I was broadcasting for Miami Middletown. And I don't want to hear anyone go, it is not their sports. It is played recreationally. Especially that last part. That's droning. These are still athletes, but what's nice about these branch campuses, especially Middletown, you can go to school for like 2000 bucks. It's very cheap to go to school in Middletown. And then you can easily get into Oxford, I believe, if you still want to stay with Miami. Same with Hamilton, although I don't know how cheap Hamilton's. Uh, price tag is, but I'm pretty sure it's similar. And I think Miami Hamilton's got the bigger campus. I think Miami Middletown's the older campus of the two. So there you go, a little history on Miami's branch campuses. We'll start off with the Middletown Thunderhawks. They're two and six. The men are overall, and two and one in the ORCC. But they fell to their Miami foes in Hamilton, 88-72. Miami Hamilton's called the Harriers. And both teams did have Native American names right when Miami Oxford did, but all three of them changed around the same time. Of course, Miami turned from Redskins to Red Hawks. Miami, Middletown. Oh, what was the previous name? Miami Hamilton's was Chiefs to Harriers. I forget what Miami Middletown was. I'm so disappointed in myself. But the men of Miami Middletown are two and six. They're at Ohio State Mansfield on Saturday. The women are also two and six, but two and one in ORCC play. If you're wondering why the big discrepancies uh, of records, normally when you're in the ORCC, you'll try to play non D1 schools to you know boister up, 
get experience, and take it to ORCC play, which normally helps out the teams because those are the teams that normally win the Ohio Regional Campus Conference state titles. The women are also 2-6. and six. They fell at Miami Hamilton 75-68. However, the Miami Middletown women Thunderhawks do not get to play at OSU Mansfield. I don't believe the Mavericks have a women's basketball team this year, but they're at Akron Wayne on Sunday. And Miami Hamilton, the Harrier men are 3-5, and 1-0 and in ORCC play. They beat Wright State Lake 108-96. This is one of the games I couldn't find out on the Lakers website. So what is it now? Two and two and nine, I think is what I said. Miami Hamilton gets to go to Akron Wayne on Saturday. Both men and women. The women are two and ten, but one and zero in conference play. They fell at Wright State Lake 81-72, which means the Lakers are not winless on the year, like the website told me. And there you go, that's it. That took 22 minutes to cover from D1 to ORCC. There's a lot of great college basketball players, a lot of great chances. It's nice to talk about because college basketball is probably the king of Southwest Ohio sports. I mean, look at the Dayton Flyers and how well they do with the first four and how much money comes into Montgomery County because of that. Yeah, I think college basketball is pretty big around here. I've been listening to a few games myself, and I'm sorry. This first week of December is the first of me actually talking about it. But trust me, whenever I get a chance, whether it's Wright State, Dayton, Miami, can't get Northern Kentucky from the Dayton area, but if I'm in Cincinnati, I'll try to pick it up on 1360. UC's on 700, and when Xavier's on 700, I'll listen to those games. You can count on it. There's something about listening to a college basketball game on radio that makes it just just it's a great partnership, radio and basketball. Also radio and hockey, but I'm not talking about that path yet. But there you go. College basketball. Done. Bam. If you're looking for high school basketball, I will point you out to Southwest Ohio Full Court Press Podcast. Again, Seth Kime and Tony Peters. Those gentlemen do a fantastic job. If you haven't heard the preview, you can hear it on my podcast or their podcast, because I gave them the file. I said, you can share it on your podcast, too. However, the <laughs> I think the predictions of Taft just bulldozing through Division Three might be out the window because that player we talked about transferred back to Deer Park. So it might be Deer Park doing the bulldozing. I'm not sure. But that was great timing because it was literally the day afterwards. It's like an hour after I posted the episode. It's like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. So, yay. But... I recommend them. There's also a couple good sources out there. There's, what is it, 937 Hoops? I'm not sure how much I'm broadcasting high school basketball in Cincinnati or Dayton. I I hope there's some basketball in my future, but we'll see. There's definitely hockey in my future. And since that part of the episode didn't take as long, I'll go go ahead and tell you about it. Again, nine teams in the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League, and I'm covering mainly Centerville, sometimes Springboro. And I mentioned the Elks, a short bench, but no shortage of talent. And it's weird because this is my fourth year with Centerville, and some of the freshmen on that first team are now leading the Elks. And I just think about that. Numbers in net, and Riley Heron wearing the captain's C. I think the Elks could surprise people. I mean, the lack of depth on the bench definitely doesn't help, but there's still a good bunch of kids. 
five seniors will be graduating this year. I think Alter and Talawanda are probably the heavy favorites to win the red division. And in the gold, I think Sycamore. If Marty Khan still plays sharp in goal, I think that's the Aves division to take. Although, you got Mason, Troy, and Elder in there as well. In the red, uh, the Elks and Beaver Creek as well. Beaver Creek's going to be interesting because they lost their main goal scorer from last year, Mason Mikish. He went on to move up to Michigan to live with his dad. In the Capital Hockey Conference, St. X's first year. I still can't believe they have 12 seniors walking after this season. 12! I still can't believe Dublin Jerome is 0-1 in the Red Division. I, have, I, I said, I think I said Dublin Jerome is my favorite to win the CHC, the CBJ Cup, which is their tournament. Oh, I don't know. A lot of talent graduated from last year's Celtic squad. And Upper Arlington, Olentangy, Liberty, and St. Charles, they definitely have something to say about it. And in fact, Upper Arlington has yet to allow a goal in conference play. They've scored 14. Olentangy, Liberty's given up three, but they've scored 17 of their own. So yeah, those are some teams. When I get a chance to broadcast Springboro games, I love seeing the Columbus talent. And seeing what we have in stock. And yes, I know I'm talking about Columbus teams, but you know, ice hockey, uh, high school ice hockey in Ohio, if you're talking Southwest Ohio, I mean, that's that's 12 teams. That's it. And we talk about the Capital Hockey Conference a lot because that's that's a big conference, and they do have a Cincinnati-Dayton presence in Springboro, St. X, and Moeller, which, by the way, Moeller is 2-0 in the white division, 16 goals scored by the Crusaders. And they're led by first-year head coach Brad Gibson. Actually, I got to work with former head coach Mike Reeder on the Wyoming boys soccer tournament games on ESP Media. Great guy. Great guy. It's weird not seeing him behind the bench for Muller, but... Hey. We also have Springboro 0-2 in conference play. They gave up 15 goals and only scored 4. St. Xavier, they're 0-1. They fell to Upper Arlington 10 nothing in that one game. In the Blue Division, Bishop Larson, I think they'll probably win the Blue. They're 2-0 thus far. 12 goals scored, 2 allowed. Like I mentioned, ice hockey might not be as common as it is in the northern part of the state, but it's still a lot of fun to talk about. And... Me being one of the few broadcasters in the area, that's that's my expertise. I say one of the few. It used to be where it was just me broadcasting games mostly. And Rob Roberts had Muller for a time on ESP. Now Beaver Creek's got their own streaming platform as well on YouTube. So it's nice to see that grow. And it's nice to give the folks that can't be around the areas a chance to catch the games. So... Again, I'm writing for Ohio Hockey Digest Weekly about Southwest Ohio hockey. Hope you enjoy my articles there. And, yeah, please vote and nominate this for the best local podcasts on Dayton.com. The instructions are back at the beginning of the episode, and I hope you take the time to do that. I appreciate it. That will close out episode 126, a little bit of ice hockey added into the football and College basketball, there's great local sports. Too bad 
There's not a lot of people talking about it. Until episode 127, this is Lee W. Mowen signing off on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the leewmowen.com slash podcast. From there, you can choose your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. Interact with the podcast and host on Twitter at the Lee W. Mallon and at Sunday Pod. Like the Facebook page, the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast, and download the free Flick Chat app, then search for the local Sunday sports group to submit your future Mowans mailbag questions. The closing theme is Lights Go Down by Dan Hennig, provided by the YouTube Music Library Collection. This is Lee W. Mowan, and I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Please join me again next week on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. <laughs>